Jersey is the world. Hello everybody, Chris Gather here. Welcome to a new episode of New Jersey is the world. So much to talk about in New Jersey right now. We got the biggest go-kart track in the world that just opened up in Edison. We got Seton Hall on a little winning streak. We got Rutgers crushing some people and and picking up recruits that are way beyond who they usually get in basketball. Everybody knows basketball season in Jersey. Things start to come to life around here. Listen, a lot to discuss, right? And we'll get to it all. Everything that's happening in New Jersey, because you know this is the premier podcast in the world when it comes to New Jersey culture, history, happenings, food, vibe, and most importantly, idiocy. That's probably what we do best around here. Um, just wanted to let everybody know. So we had two episodes in the queue. We have two episodes ready, and one of them is... It was intended to be today's episode. It was a look at New Jersey logos, famous logos from throughout the state and the state's history and our sort of our collective regional consciousness. And in a lot of ways, it's a really great sequel to the episode we did a few months back about the town logos, very similar in vibe. Um, but we also have an episode of Garden State Cagoots ready. Garden State Cagoots is an episode that we usually put out as part of the Patreon feed for the $10 tier. And it's really fun. We take your voicemails at 973-780-4660. And all the hosts from the different shows here at at this little collective known as New Jersey's The World, we get together, we discuss your voicemails, and we hear from some of the people who really participate in the community over at the Patreon. And you're going to hear from a lot of them. Because we decided to flip the script. Since we had both ready, we were thinking, maybe what we'll do is we'll put out the episode of Gagoots in the main feed this month, and then $10 tier subscribers over at the Patreon, you will get later this week the analysis of New Jersey logos, whether that's corporate logos, the things you see along the highways, all sorts of stuff, just the imagery, the typography, the iconography that we know from growing up in this state. So that's actually going to come out on the Patreon later this week. We're going to flip it, and uh, right now... You get a sampling of Garden State Gagoots. This is where me and Andrea and Don and Mike D and Bonaduce get together, listen to your voicemails. We react to them. You'll hear it's a little insidery because the Patreon subscribers, they know there's certain people who leave a lot of voicemails who we use again, and you'll hear those references. But I think you're all smart people. You'll pick up on it. So there's a little inside baseball as far as some of the characters. But if anything, I hope that makes you realize that over at patreon.com slash New Jersey's the world, we got a good community going. Fun gang of people and a lot of cool stuff that we throw at you every week. And we're thrilled that we get to do it. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode of Garden State Gagoots. And $10 tier patrons, uh, later this week, you're going to get an episode that's all about analyzing the logos we grow up with in the garden state and i know a lot of you nerds are gonna love that one okay enjoy it everybody hello to all our patrons specifically the rich patrons money 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 ten dollar patrons thank you all so much for supporting us we are the collective known as new jersey is the world this is of course garden state agoots where we gather together all the hosts of our shows and we go over your voicemails and it is universally agreed upon that it's the most fun thing we do on the network. Don't tell the poor people. 
You don't tell them. You keep this for yourselves. You hoard this like the $10 classy people that you are. Don Finelli, the Jersey dude who reviews Jersey food. How you doing? Good, man. I just had the Million Dollar Man theme song I wanted to sing now, too, because I just... Now I have money in my money, you know. money, 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 money. Unbelievable, unbelievable song that, that Ted DiBiase chose. I'm doing the great. The Million Dollar Man was a truly informative piece of my childhood and really informed everything about who I am as a human, as a comedian. That stuff is so funny. Him and Mr. Perfect, man. Oh, jeez, man. Kurt, yeah. What was his name? Kurt, uh... Kurt Henning. Henning. You ever yeah. see the one where the million dollar man tells the little kid, if you can dribble this basketball five times in a row, I'll give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then on the fourth dribble, he <laughs> kicks it into the, into the <laughs> cheap seats. And it's so clear in the kid's eyes that it was... His laugh was the him. best, man. The, the head back. <laughs> You know, it's just like pure villain. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Andrea, uh, which 80s to 90s pro wrestler would you say informed your personality the most? Yeah, well, I'll tell you that it took until about the basketball story for me to realize you weren't talking about that old show about the, like, dude with the, like, bionic arm and stuff. Well, that's the $6 million man. <laughs> like, there, yeah. So, so that should tell you. And the bionic woman, two of my favorite shows. There you go. So that's the one I would say for me, mostly. Okay, okay. I think you got a little Jake the Snake Roberts in you personally. No, thank you so much. Mm. You're that, welcome. That's, a, that's an awesome compliment. I think that means a lot. My cousin loved The Undertaker. I know that. I can say that. Oh, I could see you with some, some Undertaker vibes, for sure. For sure. Thank, thanks. Nikki Bonaduce. Who are we thinking? What, which, uh, which iconic wrestling star? Oh, man. Definitely... Um, um, Macho Man. Oh yeah, still and still obsessed to this day. <laughs> yeah. Is he good? Is he evil? He was always right there on the line. Well, I used to love Hulk Hogan, and you know because whatever. But I don't know. I guess because maybe I relate to him like more now. He's the cream of the crop. Oh yeah. Should I have said King Kong Bundy? Ooh, King Kong. He's uh, South, South Jersey, Jersey guy. Yeah, or Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow would be good. Oh yeah, that one too. Hacksaw. Mike D, the one and only. Which wrestler would you say? is the one you most identify with. Oh, this is easy. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. My favorite. You know, he killed somebody. You know, he murdered somebody. I'm okay with it. Doesn't make him a bad guy. <laughs> and he also caused a, he also caused a very serious secondary injury to my brother because him and I used to imitate Jimmy Superfly Snooker <laughs> so often that my brother ended up with rug burn covering basically the entirety of his face because we would mm -hmm. daily imitate him. He was great. He was the best. He wrestled at my high school one time. We just like saw him in our locker room. He was just like <laughs> doing a local gig. Yeah. Or I was like, that's fucking Jimmy Superfly Snooker, man. Oh, so depressing. Did he really kill someone? He really did. He, he murdered his girlfriend in Pennsylvania. Oh. And <laughs> oh, bummer. Good job. Well done. Good pick. It's Good like pick, Mike. pretty universally agreed upon that he killed her. And also, you'll be happy to hear. Did he get away with it? Well, part of why he got away with it was that Vince McMahon supposedly told the police, like, look. Uh, oh, yeah, this all checks At the out. end of the day, he's like a wild man from the jungle who can't <laughs> control himself. Like, oh, my God. Just playing into the 80s and 90s, very broad stereotypes of all their... He's yeah. like a crazy Polynesian half... He's barely even a man with his animal instincts. And, oh, Jesus uh, Christ. And Christ. now, if his daughter's cousin is The Rock, that means that he's The Rock's uncle? Is that how that works? Daughter... It depends what I'm kind of cousin. I'm not sure how the snookers the tie first cousin? into it. Well, there's the Annoy family, and that's the... 
Wild Samoans, that's mm-hmm. the Head Shrinkers, that's Jesus. Yokozuna, that's the Usos. This is all so racist. That's Roman Reigns. Yokozuna was part of that family? Yeah, Yokozuna was part of that Samoan family. So that's, they just um, brought him in as a Kishi, heel and a Japanese dude? Fatu, yeah. Do you, remember when, do you remember when Yokozuna just started speaking English totally perfectly? Like, that blew my mind. Like, he <laughs> yeah, was just his, saying Yoshi. His real name was Rodney. I know. <laughs> his birth but name was Rodney. we didn't know that as kids. He just came out with Mr. Fuji. He was like, oh, this dude's, a, this dude's gonna sit on people and kill them. No, his name was Rodney. But remember when he spoke? Like, I was. He was just like, yeah. So anyway, like as if he was not Japanese that whole time, and, and just said Yosh the whole time. He wasn't. I know, but he came out as Yokozuna with the Mr. Fuji came out with the huge Japanese flag. I was like, Japanese oh, flag, yeah. yeah, throwing salt in Lex Luger's eyes. Angie, the Rock's grandfather is the High Chief Peter Maivia, who was a wrestler, but also an actual Samoan chief, Whoa. and he was considered a blood brother to Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans. So I don't know. If they're actually related, actually blood related, or if it's just a very tight knit family unit spread out over many generations, ceremonially That's, related. This is genuinely fascinating. I'm not even. I'm not even being an asshole. I mean, the it. actual it's information really or the fact that I know all these people's real names. Oh, off the well, top the, of my the head. second part is a little. We knew that first. Yeah, yeah. We knew that. it's unsurprising, but a little sad. But the first half is really interesting <laughs> for sure. sure. Where does sure. Abdullah the butcher fit into all of this? <laughs> Dude, Abdul the Butcher is, if you want me to talk all night long about wrestling, I mean, we could just talk about Abdul the Butcher versus Bruiser Brody, because those matches are legitimately, they legitimately look like people in the audience are going to get hurt, because those guys would just <laughs> throw chairs, rampage through the stands, throwing chairs at each other, missing each other, just bouncing them off the faces of children in the crowd. True wrestling. Abdul the Butcher is really nuts, man. Have you ever seen his forehead in modern times? Have you ever seen him interviewed in the past handful of years? I have seen this, actually. No. I, I can't say I have, Chris. Where would you see that? I saw a wrestling documentary recently, and there was clips of him like from the last couple, I don't know, like recent clips of him as like an old man. Listen, his forehead is chopped up. Yeah. Like, we all know Mike D famously coined the phrase that when you go to Action Park and you don't wear water shoes, you run the risk of getting chopped meat feet. <laughs> Oh. And his oh, forehead, that, his that. forehead looks like chopped meat feet. Oh. This looks fake. Yeah, his head's all fucked. Up. But every picture is like this. All right, you guys want to listen to a voicemail from our kindest, right. sweetest caller? Is it Abdul the Butcher? <laughs> it's <laughs> Kelly. Oh. Hey everyone, it's Kelly from Hopewell. I am actually calling you from Ellis Island today. I'm here for work. And um, I also was listening to the Carrie Sullivan interview episode as I was stuck in traffic on 78 getting here because of all the construction. So I really appreciated that, too. Just wanted to encourage everybody to visit Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty if uh, they get a chance. Maybe for like me, you haven't been here uh, since you were a kid. I haven't been here since the 90s. And then they were closed for a while after Hurricane Sandy. Um, and improvements are still being made here. But, you know, everything is open. The Immigration Museum is open. It's way easier to take a ferry from Liberty State Park than it is from um, Battery Park in New York. The, the crowds looked insane trying to get on that ferry um, compared to Liberty State Park. And really early in the morning, 9 or 9.30, there's really no issue. It starts getting a little busier later in the day, so that's to be expected for the summer. 
Um, so it's, it's definitely really moving to visit, amazing to see all the exhibits and to be able to walk around the immigrant wall of honor and find your ancestors' names if they traveled through Ellis Island. Also, I was out there looking at the wall and I saw someone who looked exactly like Gethard and so much that I almost walked over and said something like, I thought you said you were, you know, going out of the country on tour or something. But um, it was not him. It was just someone who looked exactly like him and he was having someone film him walk after a goose, like a Canadian goose, and say, this is my goose friend. Um, so it was weird. But anyway, so just want to encourage everybody, if they get a chance, you know, visit Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty. The crown is not open. The pedestal is open for the Statue of Liberty. Um, but definitely check it out if you get a chance. Thanks. Bye. I love the great tradition of Kelly recommending different parks to us to visit. Yeah. We've never, I don't know that we've talked about Ellis Island on the show. Before we do, I do just want to say, I'm glad Kelly realized that it was not me when the person was fucking with a goose. Oh, come on. I'm from New Jersey and I know yeah, you don't you know. fuck with geese, no. man. No. You get fucked up. Those things, I got attacked at Degnan Pond by a goose when I was a kid. Getting bitten by a goose is a New Jersey rite of passage. Oh my God. Yeah, you have to go out with the Wonder Bread and get your fucking fingers ripped off, basically. That's kind of how it works. Go to any pond. Cameron Field was the first time by that little pond. That was the first time I got bit by a goose. Bansom Park. That's fair. When have you guys been to uh, Ellis Island lately? Yeah. Really? Well, not, li- like, not lately, probably two years ago or right before COVID. That's lately. Dumb question. Is it part of New Jersey or New York? Um, I think they say Jersey. They say New York, but when you look at that river, it's clearly on the Jersey side. Yeah, it's on the Jersey side. That's what I always thought, because if you go to like Liberty State Park or something like that, it's like right there. You know, it's so close. The museum is on the New Jersey side. All right, it's Jersey. We'll own it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I went one time in my life and I got yelled at. I got in trouble. I've been there. I've been to um, the Statue of Liberty for work. And was aggressively like harassed, like after I'd done all my paperwork and had to get all these security clearance by the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> no, by like the she came to um, life by, and like, whipped you. Whipped you up well, the, the only thing the that saved me was that the fact that one of my um, fraternity brothers from Rutgers, his dad was, um, I believe, uh, the head park ranger of Liberty State Park because they have their own police force there. Mm-hmm. But no, I had the survey out uh, out there. But also on a side note, um, I think you used to have to like, because my my great grandfather's on that like wall, and like back in the day, it was like almost like a shakedown thing. Like you had to pay to have your name put on that. Like, whoa, yeah, it was like very strange. Huh. But it is great. I went and when I was in uh, college, my my girlfriend at the time had wanted to go and. We both realized we both grew up in West Orange. She was like, "I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Have you?" I was like, "No." I'm like, "I can see, we can see the thing from my you know you walk outside my front door and turn around you could see the skyline. I could you can't actually see the statue, but I'm like, it's right there. So we went. This was when I worked at Weird New Jersey, so I was always shipping boxes and stuff back then. So I had a marker in my pocket pretty much at all times in my jacket. I just had a marker because I was constantly running back and forth to the post office and going to the warehouse and marking stuff up. And they were like, they pulled me aside. They, uh, when I went through the metal detector, it went off. And they pulled out the marker and they're like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I was like, I mean, I am. 
generally. <laughs> but not because in, in of that. general, me in my early 20s, I'm deeply Security don't need to tell me that. Something, but what are you referring to? And they're like, you're going to tag the Statue of Liberty? I'm like, I am not that cool. It's <laughs> for work. I was working with somebody who we had to go back to the Statue of Liberty. And our, the company that I was working for, the reason why we went there was because the previous survey crew had actually put a backsite target with marker and paint on the original like pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. And the guy was uh, Croatian and like he, I like whatever, he's like, he didn't think, and he was like arguing with them, whatever. So anyway, we get stuck going out there. Um, but yeah, no, I've been harassed like multiple times. I also almost uh, drowned very close to it in a chaparral doing survey work with whatever. So, but no, it's great. And then the other interesting thing that I always <laughs> notice every time I've been there is this, that there'll be like tons of Americans going through and like, you know, they're walking through whatever, blah, blah, blah. But what amazes me is that um, uh, uh, people visiting the United States or uh, you know, uh, tourists from other countries are very, very like impressed and, and interested in like, it's a big thing for them, like more so than Americans. I feel like, like we almost take it for granted at this point. You know what I mean? I, I, that was an interesting observation I've always had there. Yeah. A lot of the New York area tourist stuff I haven't done. I don't think I've never been to the top of the empire state building. Ooh, I've been up there many times. Well, I used to work in the empire state building and a fun thing to know about that is there's the observation deck that the public can go to. But if you work in the building you can get a special black card and you can that's actually awesome. go up to this second observation deck that's just for MX like black. people who, yeah, basically like people who work in the building and that's really cool. It's really, really tiny and there's a, a there's two dirigible docks up there that they used to use to dock blimps on and bring people Holy into shit. This, this sounds like you're like a high school senior and it's my first day freshman year and you're selling me keys to the elevator for the roof. Absolutely. I don't buy this on for the a second exactly. The floor pool. I promise you there is two there are two, actually two observation decks above the first one that are that are not open to the general public. Uh, I also heard the that observation deck is open weirdly late. Yes. I've yeah, get there. Didn't we did you like go up with us or no? I we know, were, I've never been. Wait, Zach, Zach Woods it, used to take people up yeah, there all the me, time. Yeah, me and Zach Woods get, and um, uh, Connor and Shannon, we went after a stepfather show. And after we went out drinking, so we went stepfather show, we were at McManus to like midnight. and Even you, better. You know. I'm stressed. And then Woods is like, yo, you guys want to go to the top of the Empire State oh, Building? Oh, like, yeah. yeah, of course we do. And literally got the last... Um, got the last elevator up uh there's no one there really but it was like 1 a.m or something at least 1 1 30 yeah. something like that that's, that's i was like that, i knew that zach loved that people throw a lot of stuff off that i also it's a common thing with uh with all surveyors in the tri-state area if you're working uh either side of the river that uh previously before the new york skyline was completely ruined by bizarro ugly buildings going as high as they could it's a used as a, a natural azimuth for uh we'll call it a natural or when you're serving so it was like a thing you're like yeah well use the empire state building use that as your backsite and blah 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 so it was a natural what azimuth like um you'll use it as a reference point an azimuth wake up yeah it's something <laughs> that's far, yeah it's something an that's far enough away wake up 
Like azimuth, yeah. There's azimuths and bearings, so whatever. Azimuths and burials. Wake up. It's like the the lion in the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. There you go. Oh, got it, got it. That it's makes v- sense. It's a very uh, ethereal thing that servers do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're gonna hear from another uh, old old time friend of the show. This is our friend Rick from Bergenfield, who hey. we all know is you know if we have to kill and eat one member of the New Jersey's world community, it will be Rick from Bergenfield. Um, we had a lot of response. I, you know, I go through the voicemails in bunches, and a lot of response to our tales from retail hell episode from a while back, including this gem from Rick, who like me once worked in a supermarket. Hey guys, um, I am pretty much halfway through the uh, the Black Friday. Oh, I should probably tell you who I am. It's Rick from Bergenfield. Um, about halfway through the Black Friday retail um, extravaganza episode, and uh, it just called to mind that um, Chris, you were talking about working in a supermarket, and I can pretty much assure you that working in a supermarket as a teenager and into college is effectively an archetypal experience because. My experience was pretty much the same. I worked in the New Milford shop right for about eight years, from the time I was 16 to uh, when I got my first big boy job uh, teaching English in an all-girls Catholic school. Um, and uh, some of the shit that we would get into was equally, you know, on par with. Uh, what you were talking about, from uh, stopping the freight elevator in between floors to have uh, age matches to, um, you know, the different department guys fucking with each other and, uh, you know, like using a box cutter to slice open uh, gallons upon gallons of uh, laundry detergent, which they'd have to then wash with a hose and it would just turn the basement into a foam party. Uh, but real quick, my favorite story was I was 17 years old. I was doing returns, which is where you put the stuff back on the shelf that people didn't want. Guy comes up to me. He's got a baby strapped to his chest. He's like, hey, bud, uh, where are the condoms? All right, they're over my video. A little late for those, but cool. Go for it. <laughs> Go to the next aisle, put stuff back. He comes back. He's like, hey, man, uh, thanks again for your help for it. Where's the, uh, where do you guys keep the KY jelly? Okay, it's down at the end of this aisle on the right-hand side. Have fun. Do two more aisles, putting stuff back. I run into him again. And he's like, oh, man, you've been so good so hard. Big help. Uh, last question. Where's the oven cleaner? And what do you oh say to that? The fuck do you say to that? So I just told him where it was, and I hope to God that uh, both him and his partner still have their genitalia. Well, they're probably huffing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I really don't care. But that's besides the point. Anyway, just want to say that. Bye. That was my first question. I mean, first of all, let's not forget, that story's funny even if the person doesn't have a baby strapped to their chest, but remember yeah. that there was a baby there the whole time. <laughs> Do you think it was, I also got to clean the oven, or was it, I'm in a huff oven cleaner as part of this sex party I'm about to have? I got immediate anarchist cookbook vibes. I feel like there's something you could make with oven cleaner, KY jelly, and a condom, like some kind of homemade napalm. Yeah, probably. That was my immediate reaction. This is like a real, like a Rorschach test here. It's like what you think is happening with those three items. I immediately thought he was fucking the oven. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's my, my first thought. I was like, this At can't least he's be being true, safe. but why my brain? He's going to, yeah, he's being safe. Well, he gets, you get a Magnum condom, you put it over your head, asphyxiate yourself. <laughs> Jam your cock in the door of the oven with KY jelly to make sure you can pull it out until you pass out. And then, you know, 
Hopefully the baby is in bed and there's somebody watching while he does. Do we think I need to um, censor the word cock there? Nah, or It's for patrons. It, it's behind a paywall. That's what they're paying for. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah, like they, HBO. Whatever... <laughs> Whatever you have or you identify as that brings you pleasure that you want to... Garden State got goods. You pay for cock. (laughs) And I got to say, so this is like strange. Like, of course, I run into people. So I run into um, Rick like maybe a few weeks, like maybe two, three weeks ago, probably right before we did that show. And what, what was strange is that like... For whatever reason, like he's like, I, you know, I was, um, we're going to get pizza actually at like pizza place. So he's with his, his better half, we'll say, <laughs> who's a wonderful person and, uh, whatever. He's like, oh, you're probably not, you know, like he, for whatever reason, like he was under the impression that like I didn't like love him or I didn't <gasps> like like him as one of our loyal Bergen Countyers. And like, you know, I, I, I don't, th- I, I feel bad if I ever came off that way, but uh, hopefully I didn't scare him too bad. I, I think I may have grappled him a little bit and like <laughs> hugged him and, uh, but not in a bad way. Rick, of course we love you. We threatened to kill and eat you. <laughs> well, you know me, I'm a, I'm very physical with people. So I like, you know, I've shopped at that shop, right? So I probably, I've had to have run into him at some point. Did you have a baby strapped to your chest at the time? And I had a baby strapped to my chest, but I, I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I knew where the cleaners were. Oh. Okay. I knew where the condoms were. I didn't have to ask anybody. I need a box of borax. Uh... The first time I bought condoms, it was at the, uh, I've told you guys this, right? The I think it was a Pathmark at Lackawanna Plaza in Montclair. Hell yeah. And I went and bought them there because I thought it was far enough that no one from West Orange would be shopping there. And I, I went and I was so scared. I was a th- yeah, senior in high school <laughs> and put down my money and... As I walked out of the pharmacy back towards the larger supermarket area as a whole, I heard the woman I bought the condoms from t- turn to the other worker and just go, he ain't ready. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not good. I can't believe you. I, I feel like that would be it for me. I feel because I was just about to say, like, people worry about their purchases, but I've worked retail enough that I don't. I was going to say, like, nobody cares. Nobody's yeah. paying attention to what anybody's buying. But you have just proven to me that that is not true. <laughs> yeah, I had a pretty bad have you guys been in like the condom aisle in like the past like couple years? It's not just like condoms. You could buy like vibrators at shop right now. Hey, good for shop. And then during COVID, I went in to buy rubbers in a supermarket because I was in a jam. <laughs> and the only ones they had left were like the fire and ice ones. <laughs> hey, man, you, you were in a jam. <laughs> He's like, these are the only ones. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, he goes, man, he goes, you wouldn't believe it. People be fucking through this and then think about this go in somewhere and ask for an enema because somebody was having a problem and i had the i was like you need an enema whatever listen you know what i mean i'll talk about anything but like the pharmacist was like i don't even know what an enema is i was like you shouldn't have a pharmacy degree if you don't know what an enema is i was you know you work in a pharmacy and you don't know what an enema is (laughs) like you know if you haven't pooped in a couple days and you know he's like they make like can rings and the chocolate chip cookies. I, right? to, I was explaining to him, I was like, gotta, you put it in your butt and it helps you poop. Like, yeah, same thing. He's like, oh no, enema. They got the honey buns. <laughs> he had to walk back over. He's like, do you know what an enema what is? What flavor? What flavor you want? What flavor? We got coffee. <laughs> got mountain berry. Berry, berry blast. Fire and ice, baby. Sorry. I'll shut up now. Our next voicemail. 
Uh, comes from another friend of the show, a guy who I've crossed paths with many times in my life. I, I don't know him that well. He came to the Gethard show a bunch, and I've been in the same room with him a bunch. His name's Scruff. He's really tight with the Ergs and that whole kind of generation of, of punks from that area. And he's the guy, if you guys remember, he left us a voicemail about the punk rock fencing school down near New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. And I told this story. There's a legendary story about him amongst the punks that his favorite burger stand was demolished when the parkway expanded. So he refuses to drive on the parkway, even though he lives in like Old Bridge or Sarahville. He left us another pretty great voicemail. There's not much to say about this one, but I did love it. Hey, guess what's going on? Scruff from Lawrence Harbor called in several times on, on various subjects. Uh, I'm definitely behind a lot of the, uh, the regular listeners because I, I can only uh, catch every every so often. But uh, I'm, I'm currently listening to the Black Friday episode, and there's one bit when your guys are talking about the uh, guy in Vancouver using the belt as a whip and, and referred to him as the Canadian Goody Tang. And I feel like uh, some uh, a great opportunity was missed to refer to Canadian Goody Tang as Pootie Teen. And uh, <laughs> oh, that should be brought up at a later episode. All right. Keep putting out the good content. I'll keep listening when I can. Thanks a lot. Bye. I mean, we, we don't need to burn too much time discussing that, but it needed to be aired. It's it's brilliant. Well done, Scruff. I wouldn't want to spoil it by discussing it because that's just perfect. Yeah. And also, if there's anything to be discussed, it's people make fun of the Jersey accent and say like Joyzy and that, and that's not real. Scruff is the real Jersey accent. Mm-hmm. That's the Jersey accent I grew up. With. I started giggling like immediately just before he says to anything. Yeah, it's just like, yep, there he he's is. also there is. he lives in Lawrence Harbor now, so that's a. I've been listening to various episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Jersey accent. Mm-hmm. That's the Jersey way. Um, we've got a merch pitch here. I figured since we've got the whole team assembled, I should see people's opinions on this. Uh, you might remember, it's come up on the show a whole bunch that my father attended Essex Catholic High School, and a few months back we discussed a very specific tradition that my father verified as having remembered. Gentlemen, this is Ricky G. again from both Union and Mercer Counties, and I wanted to tell you that, quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed in tic-tac death. The reason I'm disappointed is that 2020 has come and gone, and... New Jersey is the world has not yet put out an official judge, justice under God t-shirt. I was looking forward to one. I'm still expecting one. I'm expecting some caricature of Ken Gethard, a young Ken Gethard boxing with a priest in some type of brother's robes. Um, (laughs) You know, of course, the words justice under God and the New Jersey is the world logo. So let's get on that, guys. I'm looking forward to it. We have found out there are multiple Catholic schools that did or or do this idea of jug, which I think uh, Ricky referred to it as justice under God. I remembered it as judgment under God. I forget which one. I thought it was justice under God was the way justice that I got it God? from my family. That's yeah. crazier. Listen, we cannot <laughs> we cannot put out T-shirts that say justice under God, right? <laughs> yes, we can. I kind None of, of us want should. that, do we? Yeah. Oh my goodness. How about justice under whatever you believe in now? New Jersey is the world, justice under God. <laughs> I think a lot Hell of yeah. uh, unnamed politicians have put out a lot worse shit that people wear and put out there. So I say we absolutely can put out something that says justice under God. And you guys think it would be absolutely. okay if I tell people like, okay guys, we got new merch. Go to belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard. Yeah. And get a t-shirt 
of my father boxing a priest. I would love that. Like, justice under God? If I could get the logo on the back, I'd wear it. I wouldn't want to have a giant one on the front. Be funnier if it was Rick Sarone punching your father. Oh, speaking of which, oh. speaking of which, Ooh, we need an old like hardcore T-shirt. I just realized too, with a little logo in the front Big. and the black and white on the back. Say, Justice under God does sound like like uh, DMS yeah. style hardcore. Definitely band. straight they're, edge. They're playing yeah, at the yeah, pipeline yeah. Thursday night with Snapcase. <laughs> Justice under God, Snapcase, Bulldoze. <laughs> and when you, when you go to that show, you you take a black marker and you put a cross on your forehead <laughs> to show how devout you are. You guys remember? So last time we did it got goots. It was back in December. I I messed up. I texted from the New Jersey is the world line, a, a Google voice. We had a voicemail from someone named Aaron who was with Rick Cerrone. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and was at an event with him and um, said she would pursue some avenues to try to connect us with Rick Cerrone. So I didn't see it because I don't check the voicemail that often and I don't check the text. The text thing, I, don't, I barely remember it's there. She sent me Rick Cerrone's contact info. Everybody. What? But I can't access it. It's not the fi- this file type is not supported. Oh, okay. so I texted and asked her if she could email it to me. I thought that he was, was like so a- badass. Come on, you guys are like techie guys. Mike, do you could figure this it out? It was like a month ago. Send it to me. I can't even get the file. I, I was like a month ago that she sent it. Um, so I don't even know if she still has it. And I said, also, can you let me know? Like, is Rick Cerrone? expecting us to call like is he into this like i don't want to just be cold calling rick cerrone you know guy's a legend i think like he seems like a like from all the things i've read and like that we've heard about him he seems like very approachable he's like you know he's a jersey guy like i'm sure he'd enjoy it we would be reaching out to rick cerrone with nothing but genuine love and admiration which makes me think it would be totally fine to contact him it's not like he's uncle floyd and you just like you know want to make you feel bad after trying to like dodge me for 11 years <laughs> yeah though just to remind you that we did call multiple um uh, soda pop joints uh cold called and talked to people and our old uh 100 we've harassed the people who make boost <laughs> we have called but people. Re- they've been receptive right i mean they're it's like yeah, yeah. but this is rick Cerrone. i mean don you're the biggest baseball you played baseball in college yeah, yeah. I, I, the sense i get i'm like rick Cerrone seems like a nice guy but i don't want to fuck with rick Cerrone. we're not going to that's the thing we're not fucking with him we're, yeah, but we're not I, I agree with mike d man like we're coming up with love and admiration and i don't see yeah. any harm in being like yo we got to ask you some questions about some shit and like he was, he was, a, he was to be uh, mostly baseball questions, I think, <laughs> you know, and then we could slip in some of the fun stuff. Plus he was old school. We've got to ask him about the record. His rider to appear on a podcast though. I mean, it has all the normal <laughs> stuff like water or whatever, but it also requires an hour of jug before he'll come on. So that's the only thing we're going to have to figure out how to get around that. A 30 pack of uh, Bud Light. All we can order him is a t-shirt. Two Jimmy Buffs and an hour of jug. We have our friend Lydia who calls from Oklahoma. If you guys remember, we have a fan in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, oh, yeah. Left this voicemail. Pitching an idea for an episode based on something that hit pop culture. And I'm way into it. And I want to figure out how to make this happen. Uh, and I'm glad we got this voicemail. Hi, this is Lydia from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, on the voicemail thing, I said my name is Zora, which is true. But I go by Lydia on Patreon. Oh. 
I was a social worker for a long time, so I have a couple different names, but Fuck yeah. Um anyway, so I was watching Meet the Queens today, um, where they introduced the season fifteen Queens for RuPaul's Drag Race. And there's New Jersey Queen on there. She said she's from East East Orange and her name is Lux Noir London. And apparently she's obsessed with Ripley's believe it or not. With who? Kinda obsessed with not had sex with that's what i heard too oh yep took me a second i know guinness book of world records so sounds like you guys have a couple things in common we also use they're on there or if you could just do like an episode of queer new jersey i think that'd be pretty sweet all right have a good one i really love this idea um yeah and it fills in a blind spot the idea that we would do research an episode and and break down the history of queer new jersey I got to get to work on that. I got to figure out who to interview. We got another voicemail from somebody who, uh, it was a long one, so I'm not going to play it as part of the show, but somebody who went to a restaurant in like Franklin, I think, or down near Somerset, said there's this restaurant where the layout is visibly weird and there's a wall that's a mirror. And apparently there's this restaurant that's up and running now that for a very long time, it was the only gay bar in New Jersey. That is that is false. I, my, my town growing up had the... A gay bar. I think this might have been from decades past. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking out okay. of my ass. Because we had one of the few gay bars in, in my town in all of New Jersey, or at least North Jersey that I know of. Shout out to Feathers. I got to say, to our friend from Tulsa who has multiple names, it's a great idea. I love that it was spurred on by uh, East Orange-based drag queen, and I think we got to dig deep into that. I mean, that might even be a bit of a series. We might even have a series in there. Oh, I mean, definitely. It's cool. a whole other show. Yeah. And you Zora. That's such a cooler name. No, I'm just saying like, and like, yeah, I get it. Like that's what happens. Like when you go into social work, you, you know, get damaged because you're compassionate. You talk about um, the gay skinhead culture in New Jersey, which I always found amazing that that existed i don't know too much about this yeah i don't know either we knew a lot of those people like we were friends with a ton of them back way back when some of them are still around there was a subculture of homosexual skinheads yeah oh yeah people that were straight up straight up like like nazi sympathizers but no, also like no, the, yeah, we're not going down like that the, road you know, like good, the good the good kind of like punk rock real traditional skinheads, skinheads. Yeah, okay like, got it are not you. nazis got it got it got it okay i was very confused for a second <laughs> i was like what is going on are you pulling this out of your ass this is insane okay gotcha i really am into the idea of doing this and it's it's funny i think like i'm 42 years old and the world's changed so much even in my lifetime where i remember and mike and nick you can correct me if i'm wrong carson too like I remember in high school, it seemed like the policy was we're aware that there are kids who are probably gay, but no one really speaks to it. Um, there weren't out and proud kids in high school. And I remember at Rutgers, there was uh, like a, a queer student group. And that was like a big deal. That was like a divisive thing. And that was when I was in college. That's so insane to think about. Mm-hmm. going back that far so. well, it's also like remember the era of don't ask don't tell that whole stretch what a weird fucked mm-hmm. up thing i'm a few years younger than than you guys and even in in my high school there were only a handful of kids who were out um we had a gay straight alliance but i think it was mostly straight kids who were just You'd be like marked for death you know yeah. what i mean like yeah 
It's um, it's I I still I could only imagine. Absolutely, if I can do an episode, if I can do an episode about fucked up the history of fucked up comedy venues in in New Jersey with Rich Voss, I think we could certainly put some of our resources towards this. It's a great idea. I also, real quick, somebody sent us. Um, there's a great uh, documentary series on HBO called We're Here, which is a few drag queens who aren't from Jersey. Um, but it's Bob the Drag Queen and Eureka O'Hara and Shangela um, who travel around the states visiting usually smaller towns and just kind of like they, they I don't know, each episode's a little different, but they have one where they're in Essex County this season that just aired um, oh, nice. in uh, just just a few weeks ago. So I met uh, I met a great uh, drag queen from West Orange, from your neighborhood, and we were bullshitting for a while. And it was, it was interesting because he was uh, uh, younger than us. And we were talking, I was like, well, what was like high school like? He's like, you know, he's like, it was West Orange. He's like, so I did what I wanted. He's like, but you know, you still had to like, there was still that thing there where like, you know, it's, you're going to have to punch somebody in the face no matter what, like it sucks. But, but he was like true and true, like uh, a down the hiller. Um, it was actually also through uh, Lunar Fair. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's right. They do. They have drag shows there a lot, right? Love it. I, like every every time. That's cool. So they're good. I love it. And we got the gears turning. And we're going to figure out how to put that together. And we're going to do it right. And it might take a while. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed, sometimes we just fart out some nonsense. <laughs> and that can be really fun too. But this one, we'll put some Us? time and effort no. into. So, yeah. If only we had not only a queer person on this show, but somebody who really likes doing research and putting presentations together and stuff. Hmm, who could that be, Adria? It's, it's a real shame we don't have somebody like that. Well, if there's one thing that this um, piece of audio presentation needs, it is definitely a visual PowerPoint, <laughs> which is your forte. The master. The master of the PowerPoint master. over audio. That means a lot. Thank you. Master. We've got another great friend of this show and someone who I got to say, I'm going to go ahead and give out an award. Um, most voicemails by far. <laughs> oh boy. Jersey Shore Glenn. Oh yeah. This yeah. guy Jersey Shore Glenn has left. Uh, I probably listened to 23 voicemails from Jersey Shore Glenn today in preparing <laughs> for this episode. And I go, how do I pick the best one? Cause they're all pretty good. One about being a Jersey guy named Glenn and hanging out near, uh, finding Glenn Danzig's house in LA. That was in the running. Um, <laughs> really good but uh i gotta say th this one i felt like had more to discuss for here for the purpose of a gagoots episode hey guys it's jersey shore glenn i have a a cool little jersey and california story for you guys uh, i was out here and used the word chooch in a sentence and the person i was with uh quietly took note of it and didn't uh ask what it meant but sent me the Urban Dictionary uh, definitions, and she was <laughs> going, is it like choo-ching? Which I had to look up, and I didn't know what that was. Supposedly, choo-ching, as a verb, is masturbating in the dark while listening to Morrissey and other <laughs> such sad music. I just yeah, thought it was so hysterical and needed to share. Later, guys. Damn. I didn't know about Jethard, this. you made this up. I this didn't. is a Gethard made-up word, then. Because you I, took I, your colloquial chooch from our <laughs> from your Italian brethren, and you listened to fucking Morrissey in the dark, and you jerked off, and you and you're like, I'm I'm choochin' right now, and then you made that up. <laughs> Everywhere is black on the outside. I, chooch, is, chooch is a word that I heard and dropped. Uh, famously, one of my neighbors once heard us. I forget if it was Hallie or I called Cala Chooch, 
And one of our neighbors who's Italian was like, don't call your own kid that. And we were like, why? It's kind of cute. She's like, no, that's it's like offensive. It's like fucked up. And that's when I realized it was bad. But I mean, Mike and Don, you had to break down the many layers of Italian, like North Jersey, Italian American slang to me. I did not yeah. invent this chooching idea, but I'm shocked <laughs> that I am shocked that chooch seems like, I guess Gabagool has escaped the Jersey borders. What about Mook? Well, chooch is like cookie. Uh, it, I mean, it just means ass, right? Or something like, I mean, it's just like, it's not that offense. It's just to call no, it something No, like no, a, no. Yeah. It's not, like it's not like, like it's not like Vafangul or anything. It's like no. much, it's like a level. No, down it's just like you're from, an idiot. That's all. Yeah. You're like, you know, that chooch from down the street. Mm-hmm. Would anybody add? Would would anybody, Mike? Would anybody add like Ali? Like, would anybody call someone like a chuchalil? A chuchalon or a chucharia? A yeah. chuchalon. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, chucharia. Yeah. <laughs> what are those? What's that? What are those modifiers? The proper name. I think they're I, just. I feel like extended. it's like a grandma's version of chu. Like it's yeah. just like the longer version. Chucharon, chuchalil. Chucharia. Like, <laughs> I, I just purchased a t-shirt literally that says don't be a chooch which i have and it's in the italian flag colors which I, look, I, look, I look forward to wearing where did you find oh, that were you down at the boardwalk One of uh, that's, hey, that's too complex for that uncle floyd was selling them on the side of riverview drive down in totoa he was trading them for records uh one of my cousins sent me a link to a website and the entire website is just like basically new jersey italian like slang terms there's uh, another see we could be making a killing yeah. just put any old bullshit up with i don't them. know they, like italian lives matter that's a good they one. have such an operation <laughs> that i bought three t-shirts and included in my package of three t-shirts was like a, a 25 foot italian flag which i gave, <laughs> which i gave to my mother because which you I, could drape no. over your house if you have like <laughs> If you need to like spray it every Columbus day, it's supposed to be a bedspread. I could have had every boxer from the Rocky movies, every single one under wearing this flag at once. If they're spraying for termites, you drape the flag over your house. <laughs> what about Mama Luke? Is Mama Luke bad? Yeah, that's like I. I it's it's not that, bad. It's it's. I feel like it's worse a, than Chooch. A, an though. official ranking. You'll uh, gotta. Because I, I feel like that's. I feel like. I feel like that's more of a racial situation. What's the proper long version of Mook? Where does that come from? Mook is. Is that Italian based or is that just regional? Like being like. Uh, some, I always you know, knew Mook, Mook as Italian based, but I. I that might just be a cloak because I've heard like my my not. It's tough because like you you, you listen to your dad's friends, your mom's friends, like. There's just the colloquialism via Italians, where these these people are, just, you know, uh, pasty Irish, and they're using the using the term. So I don't know. It I, it might be more of a colloquialism. I take offense to that. Remark. Well, you know what I mean. Like everyone borrows everyone, and that's how it works, and that's that's okay. It's just, but I don't think Mook is an Italian. I, I, I don't, don't think, think it's derived it from some, you know, Neapolitan slang. No, it's yeah. not like Gabadost or something like that. That's actually like what the hell Italian. is Gabadost? Like thick-headed, pig-headed, thick-headed. Yeah. <laughs> they all mean the same, like varying shades of the same thing. Yeah, why do Italians have so many words Gabon. to just call each other idiots? Gabadigats. What is Gabadigats? <laughs> now they're just fucking with the Mike, rest of us. you know Gabadigats? I think it means that. like dick face. <laughs> That's not a real one, is it? It is. Yeah, God. it is. It's like goobity gots, gobbity gots, you know, ugots, you know. That's uh, gots okay, is like ugots. you can kind of put anything on gots, and it's like you know, ugots is like I got nothing. Okay, yeah, ugots. I got nothing. Like my dick. I'm holding ugots. my dick. Ugots. I will say the first time that I caught Sopranos episodes after you guys broke down all that slang to me, 
it's a slightly different experience. Because in yeah, my right? mind, that stuff all flies out, but I just disregard it all as like amazing a, to watch, like it. Italian like mumbling. But then yeah, I could, it's crazy. It's crazy. Where I was like, it. "Wow, they're really using his words." This all is over the fucking place. All over the place. Yeah, in one yeah. episode, they call Adrian a cacchione, and you're just like, "Oh, like you, you know, ninety nine percent of the, <laughs> the people watching that show had no idea what that is." You know, yeah, it's a cacchione. It's like somebody who runs their mouth, like somebody who won't shut up. Like you know, you just mm-hmm. keep keep talking. I mean, the boat was Stugatz. I mean, what do you, what more do you want? <laughs> the Stugatz and the Stugatz too. That's the best. I mean, come on, That's brilliant, brilliant. This next one um, ties into you know we just took our old music scene episode out from behind the paywall. Got a response that I really like about a place that I actually have a personal connection to, um, and a place that didn't come up in the New Brunswick episode or the music episode that probably should have been brought up on the show at some point. Hi, Chris. This is David from Livingston, New Jersey. I was just listening to the uh, podcast about the uh, Blood and Ink book, and you mentioned the the video of the screaming females uh, at the uh, house in New Brunswick. Um, so there's this uh, part of New Brunswick, well, part of uh, College Ave campus that kind of goes... It's really strange. I feel like it'd be right at the alley called Demarest Hall. And a lot of, uh, actually where the drummer Jarrett and uh, the, the lead singer of the Screaming Females met was my dorm at Rutgers University called Demarest Hall. It's still there. It still seems to be fairly weird. Um, kind of the center for um, uh, strangeness, high strangeness in the Rutgers, New Brunswick area. Also the first place I ever saw the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah perform was in the basement of um, of Demarest Hall on College Avenue. Just I thought my I thought there was a little bit of crossover there. All right, thanks so much. Demarest Hall is a big piece of the New Brunswick music puzzle and culture puzzle, and we haven't brought it up. Huh. I also have a personal connection to it. Little known fact: first place I ever performed long form improv that wasn't a class show was in the basement of Demarest Hall. I've performed in that basement. So is the basement. I've also performed in that basement. Who did you perform with, Mike D? One of my college bands oh boy. performed in Demarest because they would let anyone play there. <laughs> it, it, Demarest has always been known. I don't know how you got placed in there. I, maybe it was just I, for upperclassmen, but it was it's always known as the artsy, weirdo, hippie dorm where a lot of cool shit was happening. Did you like request it after your freshman year? You can like request it. must have been for upperclassmen, yeah. You could request it, but also that was like, I forget the exact word they used then, but basically it literally was was in the Rutgers literature as like the alternative lifestyle dorm. So if you were, if you were gay, if you were at the time a vegetarian, like any, <laughs> yeah, he, say yeah. any, any of these things, like <laughs> if you were probably from anywhere, but New Jersey, you were considered an alternative lifestyle. And that was how you got it. But the other thing was they had like a huge programming budget and they had an event space in the dorm that was controlled by students. Yeah. So they were able to put on, like they had money to put on all these really good shows. So everyone was always playing at Demarest. Yeah. My, I was funny. I was at UCB and my class had a class show and I don't know. I don't even know if it was my idea. I think someone was like, we got to keep performing and there's no place to perform back then. 
someone who's like, there's got to be a place at your campus. Like you're still in college. There has to be a place to do a show on a college campus. And we figured it out and I, uh, I have performed there, but it was always, you're right, Mike. It was like a weird mix of like, there's music people, there's pot smokers, there's people who care about politics and they all just kind of mixed together. There were definitely the people who seemed like more experimental with drugs and sex and stuff. They all historically live in there was Demarest. An, there they was stay an, in the an Eskimo raver that lived there that I remember. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Very, it was a yeah. very nice and interesting person. It was weirdly kind of the only part of the Rutgers campus in my four years there that felt like an actual college experience from a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were like in a real... Depends what movie. <laughs> but like a PCU type... Van Wilder? <laughs> like, like, but there'd be like people throwing like a Frisbee outside or sitting around playing an acoustic guitar with Birkenstocks on. Like college shit happened there. And then the rest of us were like, don't you all understand that we're living in a fucking nightmare town drinking ourselves blind every day? Like, why no, are you doing... Frisbee at Rutgers? You're like playing a hacky sack. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have so many stories, but I used to take my dog to all the different common areas over there and like run around and you know, the whole, that whole area was kind of like you had, what was it? Uh, what's it? Missionary seminary place. Semin oh, seminary place was like the seminary place. Yeah. Was the, the, uh, known like cruising, cruising spot. spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the further you go down you're close to like 18 over there, like, I think you're also close to like, uh, What's at the Rutgers police station down there too? Where I was incarcerated they, once. Well, yeah, that I, that I passed out drunk on the the stairs while waiting to get Mike out of fucking Rutgers lockup. I've only been to Rutgers like three times in my life, and one time I bashed a window with my arm at like five in the morning, and. I still have scars all along my arm oh, from Jesus. that at my buddy's house. I had to pay for the win. I was just like drunk out of my mind, just drinking from a keg. And then I had a baseball game that day, the next day. High school or college? Uh, summer ball. So I was in college. So my my friend, I, I remember I didn't go to sleep. I got a bagel. Oh, I, I went, my, my friend, she had a convertible and drove me up the parkway to my house in the morning. And I... I'll never forget still drunk I was in the shower I had blood just coming all off my body I just taped up my arm just literally put tape around it and then went proceeded to go no choking four for four I fucking Ooh. killed the ball I just was out of my oh, mind man. it was like drunken master all, all like singles? kung fu fighing any could, extra bases in there? Of course, I had like a triple. I was just, I reeked of alcohol, just reeked of alcohol. And my arm was sweating. bleeding, sweating. It's just like July. It, insane. That was like my, my memorable Rutgers story. Four for four. It's Hearing crazy. that you've only been to Rutgers a few times, I'm not shocked that at least one of them was a fiasco. And I have to imagine the other two weren't. They thought Normal. they should. They were like, "We got to bring you to the hospital. You've lost a lot of blood." I was like, nah, man, I, got a, no. I got a baseball game. I got a bagel. No. I'm straight. It's fine. They're like, how are you getting there? I was like, I don't know. I got. I got to be up north in three hours. I have no idea. I have no clue. I guess my friend in a convertible will come to the I'll rescue. I'll just never forget like drying my blood like this in the back of the convertible. I'm just kind of like spread armed in the back of the convertible. 
hammered, still hammered, just spread out, dry blood on my arm, being just stumbling home, being like, oh, I gotta go to the game. I gotta go to the game. You know, Did just, either of your parents see you? No, no, they were state? gone that weekend. No. Because that's... Thank God. I, I'll say that I remember. I remember... Because... Carson was there for a lot of this. My, I didn't drink until my senior year of high school, and then I was instantaneously not good at it. Just <laughs> very immediately, it was a fiasco. And I'll never forget once, I got really, really wasted at Sam Mestman's house. And I got home really late, and in the morning I woke up still drunk, and my mom realized it. And that feeling when, you're, when your <sighs> parents realize that you're drunk in front of them, oh, oh. I still remember just the oh, complete fucking fear and shame. shame. Yeah. Just, ugh. Ugh. Rutgers is also that weird place that your visiting friend comes down to visit you. Oh, yeah. like, and That was me. It, like... Yeah, and every time that ever happened, or if I was that person visiting Mike D and those guys, like they always turned into these like epically terrible. Like, yeah, that's bad decision. You're so houses. happy, man. You're so like pumped. Your friends with you that you want to just show them a good time, and you're you're in, you're you just have no nothing holding you back to do anything. There's just nothing in front of you, and no one fucking cares if they live or die in New Brunswick. Everyone already feels like they're dead, so no one cares if they it, die. It's like leaving Las Vegas twenty four seven in New Brunswick. Like literally, I mean, there's when I I was just there very recently, a couple weeks ago for something else, and I was we were driving through, you know, down by Easton Avenue. We're, we we had to go pick something up, and we look over, and and my daughter, who is twelve years old, is like. Why are those kids on the roof? Someone is going to fall off. And there's like 18 kids on top of some ramshackle roof, just drunk, hanging off the edge. And I'm like, well, you have a good head on your shoulders. You're 12. And you realize that this is just like the most nice. It's like one o'clock on like a Wednesday afternoon, you know? Dude, I, I remember once just at my apartment on Somerset Street, looking out the window because I heard a noise and a bunch of guys on Plum Street pulled up in a car, opened the trunk, and they all took out bats and started fighting other guys with bats. And we didn't even call the cops. Yeah. No one you let, cares. let them figure it out. You let them figure Life it out. Life doesn't matter in New Brunswick. You're not going to get in their business. It's like you'll get a you'll de- you'll get a degree at the end of this, but for 4 years you're going to know what zombies feel like. Like are you alive? Are you dead? You're dead, but you're standing and moving. Welcome to New Brunswick. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Before we get too far um, away from this, I want to say not this Friday, but next Friday, um, my guest on Left of the Dial was Marissa from Screaming Females, and oh, it takes awesome. us about 30 <sighs> seconds to start talking about Jersey. Um, so if you don't listen to Left of the Dial, that's fine with me. But um, if you're listening to this, you should at least check that episode out. That's a tie-in episode. Hell yeah. Also have to say, Screaming Females are doing the annual- um, Oh, the garden party. The garden party, White Eagle Hall. And already on our text thread, there's been- Debates about who's going, who's who's not, who's too old. I can't believe nobody doesn't want to go. I want to go pretty bad. Oh, I'm going. I'll, I'll be there for sure. I'm dying to go, but I shows just need to start earlier, man. It's like <laughs> a Friday old. and Saturday night, what Mike. Time does D, come start? on. <laughs> what are you talking? What, what, like, come on, dude. There wasn't even a start time on the flyer. I think doors are six thirty. <laughs> shows seven thirty. I think I could be wrong about that. It is a four band bill, which I'm right. starting to get a little too old for. But, but the second night is uh, both nights are a killer lineup. 
um, but I'm really excited they, about the second are the, night. Are they playing both nights? Yeah, or? both nights are Screaming okay. Female. Second night is Jell, who rules. Jell and a couple other bands just randomly played um, a show in the Sonic drive through parking lot in South Jersey a few months ago. Fuck they were yeah. like fire breathers and stuff. So it was nuts. We also talk about that in the episode. But um, oh, awesome. it's them. It's um, our friends in Catbite and Lars Stevenson. So like, I, I will like schlep all the way up to Jersey City for that. Uh, I might have to go to at least one of those nights. Yeah. You know, I love about those shows, like not being a scene star anymore and going there and being completely out of fucking place <laughs> and knowing that everybody else is like, oh, look at that loser old guy over there. I don't think anybody's thinking that at a Screamy Female show. I think they kind of get a little bit of everybody from everywhere. I think you're good. I also just want to say, and I know that versions of this have been said on the show before, but if you haven't seen Screaming Females live, oh my God. you're just missing one of the best things in modern music. Like you, and you can listen to their records and their records rule and you can crank it up when you're driving and you can feel King Mike's bass. Like you could feel how heavy they could get. But until you see them live, until you see Lil Teeny Marissa <laughs> produce more fucking noise and sound than any human should be capable of. I love what, like, that's the thing. Like I'm intrigued by her and like her, like whole, like setup. like, she's like, like, <laughs> hell yeah. Dude, I saw them in shell shag once at Maxwell's and I had, I think I already put out my first record on Don Giovanni, which is the label in New Brunswick that both those bands were on at the time. I think screamers are still on. Mm -hmm. And Marissa came up and was like joking around with me and I was so intimidated having seen her just play that I couldn't even participate in the bit. <laughs> I was like, I just can't believe that you have, because if you watch her play, you wouldn't even believe that she has a sense of humor because this persona that comes out is like, she's like a fucking like demon from hell who comes out and picks up a guitar <laughs> and fucking graces you with noise you can't believe comes out of her. She's like it's categorically agreed upon one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And she's all just time. like, no question. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. No I think question. Spin Magazine put her in the list of yeah. 100 greatest of all mm -hmm. time. Like it's, it's no joke. Yeah. It's we did no also joke. talk about Bart Simpson for like 15 minutes. So it's not just, if you're not a huge uh, guitar head, I guess there's also Bart for you. So. Listen, if you're not a guitar head, but you're a Bart head. We got, yeah. we got Bart Simpson for That's you. That's right. <laughs> if you're not into guitars, but you do want to hear 20 minutes on Bart Simpson. It's one or the other. Yes. Everybody's and, got one or the other. Here I am laughing at that when we started this episode with yeah. an extended run on the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Thank you. Anyway, we, uh, we got one more. It is, of course, from our dear friend, probably one of the people who qualifies as a gagoots at this point it is of course jody bergen county hey friends it's jody from bergen county um someone said the magic words recently of retail horror stories and uh i had to call um so i worked kind of every retail job you can imagine including barnes and noble during multiple christmases which was its own nightmare. Um, I was working there when Elf on the Shelf was really big. Um, and I, I don't know. I wanted to kill literally everybody. But um, the worst one I can think of, I worked at a little video store chain during the, like, heyday of video stores. It was like a blockbuster ripoff called Empire Video. They had, like, three locations, Hawthorne, Waldwick, and Clifton. And, yes, I'm going to call them out. It was, like, one old couple that ran them all. They paid us like $5 an hour. I was like 19 years old. Um, 
but that place was the worst fucking place to work. Um, everyone was mean. Um, that was when late fees were really crazy. Oh. And so people get super mad at you. We had like a porn aisle. There was no like curtain and no room. So like I'm 19 years old working with my other 19 year old girlfriends and like dudes are just standing in the, <laughs> excuse me, in the porn aisle, just like flipping through binder covers and like looking up at us, which was lovely. Oh. Um, I almost broke my arm one time cause I was working by myself on like a Saturday morning and I had to go to the bathroom and I tried to like run and fell and my arm like swelled up and they didn't want to like pay workman's comp. Um, <laughs> But the worst part of it was, like, the one morning when people were returning tapes, getting mad about late fees, and some old bitch, like, threw her tapes at me when I told her what her late fees were. So, Mike, I totally related to <laughs> you getting knocked out with a two-volume Picasso. I didn't get knocked out, thank God. But those tapes were fucking heavy and large and in those big plastic cases. So, I don't know. I got through it by just imagining that I was in the movie Clerks. Um, <laughs> it was when that movie was coming out on video. And so, we had the preview on our preview tapes. And we would just play the line over and over again. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. So, yeah. <laughs> Happy to have moved on from those days. But uh got plenty more of those stories. But Empire Video, easily the worst. See you soon. I should be there in December at uh, House of Independence. So, love you guys. Bye. Uh, that also, of course, was a reference to a show that has already happened, which Jody had to miss, and we were bummed. Um, Don, have you ever been to the nope. aforementioned video stores? No, no, no. We we had a couple uh, small dudes in uh, uh, Oradell and River Edge. Small uh, no, dudes? Yeah, small little tape, you know, the vid- video places. They were so, like, oh, you so know. Small, oh, small stores, not like physically yeah. small people renting <laughs> you movies. Yeah, they felt like little dudes, though, to me, <laughs> these, these video stores. And I would, I would, speaking of wrestling, man, I would go into my fi- <clears throat> fine cards and gifts, like the little, the little card store that's in every, like, you know, mini mall in New Jersey. There's always like a card store, like a quick check or something like that or it's just fine cards and gifts and they used to have a r- little rotating um you know uh carousel yeah rack of all the wrestlemanias and 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 some royal rumbles and survivor series uh before maybe this is re- pre-survivor series i would say but i would get all my wrestling videos from this place it was like just had wrestling videos um so there was all that i think that was a cool thing about like small video stores had your thing did have that weird porn section stuff like that, but also there was the other places that you could rent videos from that were just like you can also buy cards and cigarettes, yeah. you know, get get a, get like Pat's yeah. Mark rented videos. Um, yeah, video rentals. Empire sounds familiar though because I'm like that does sound familiar, but it, I, I w- it wouldn't have been around me. I guess Clifton would have been the closest. My brother was a newspaper reporter in Waldwick for a little while, and he once, I think Route 80 goes through Waldwick, and he uh, got in a car chase. He cut off a guy, and the guy chased him and tried to kill him. But my pe- People have tried to kill my brother so many times in so many places. <laughs> it's Mike D and Nick, you know that from high school. People were constantly trying to kill I've my witnessed brother. at least. We, we talked about the one time. Three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people instinctively want my brother dead i believe that was like pretty common like in the 90s that to try to kill my brother no i mean in general like people were like before road rage was like a really like acknowledged thing that it was like yeah it was realistic like i i can remember like 
going back and forth, either being chased or like being the one where you get somebody at the light and be like, listen, motherfucker, I got a full tank of gas. I'll follow you all fucking night. <laughs> like, thank God there weren't cell phones back then. We've all been like locked up. <laughs> I just remembered, I, I also worked at a video store and it was the second best Blah. job I ever had after the movie theater. I loved that job, but I completely forgot that we had, so we had somebody who would in our, our public restroom was three stalls, but one of them we used for storage. So we had big boxes full of empty um, VHS uh, cases and every like once or twice a month, somebody would go back there in that bathroom, move the boxes and take a shit on the floor and put the boxes back. Wow. Like we had working toilets. They could have, they had to walk past two. It's like the surprise factory. Yeah. You know? Personally, I'd shit in the box, close it back up. Listen, South Jersey has a lot of things that people haven't figured out yet. I don't know why I tell you anything. South Jersey hasn't figured out working toilets yet. It's fine. Don't, don't know That's why what I, I tell take you away from that. anything That's what ever. I take away from that. You're talking to a group of people that regularly shit their pants is what I've learned from this podcast. <laughs> Endlessly shitting our pants. No, not even that. That like for comic value would like poop in public places as like, you know, a, a bizarro you know we thought it was like or people thought it was funny of course yes <laughs> one friend from our crew not on this stream who thought it was really funny to poop in public we were animals we were or to see how animals. loud you could poop in public you know just have it just what? just see how loud it could be i don't mean yeah, what yeah. do you mean but it was actually kind of like an early version of parkour <laughs> because the, parkour. the idea oh. Of this, this one of our friends would I'm be really to go into these like very hard to get to awkward places and poop. So like hanging <laughs> like off a box poop court. No, like hanging Hardcore. off the like a fire escape ladder on the side of like a two story Burger King and like pooping into the parking lot. Like you know, so it was very much ovation. like the the forerunner to parkour. So upsetting. That's a whole series. Like you could probably have three episodes of like. I gotta that, go. That whole thing ended. So call in and tell us your terrible pooping stories. <laughs> no, why are we opening the door to this? Yes. Where is the weirdest place you pooped in New Jersey? Oh my God! Oh my I wouldn't even know where to start. Call in now. Construction. You have no idea. Seven four three eight nine seven seven six seven five nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero is the answer. <laughs> Don't call whatever random phone number Don just six eight seven four seven. Just call in. So confident. <laughs> and I didn't even know we had a text thing where you could yeah, text into the show. Did I text us six seven seven four eight seven seven? Somebody has to send four. that to me. The text. You can actually, like, you get these texts of, like, somebody texts. I get that, but I don't ever encourage anybody to text. Chris, I, I, I had an idea before we go, because we yeah. started with wrestling. How about everybody goes around real quick and says the favorite colloquial or North uh, Italian-American slang word that they love the most? But I never... Mm. There's so or many of them perceive, that I don't know what they mean, and I'm scared. That's the point. No. <laughs> no, but I'm just going to say a couple things. There's a lot where I don't know what they mean, but then... There's also a lot of Italian slang that's just straight up racist and homophobic. <laughs> so just that's saying true. something where I'm not sure what guess, it means. Guess, guess wisely. <laughs> you better say the right things. What's the one that's like Gavone, but like really not? Motere Farm. That's the one. Mm. That's very complex. Mm -hmm. What's that? What's the definition on that one again? That's like you're being a Gavone and we're not even amused by it anymore, right? Yeah, Motere Farm is just, is just someone that will not. Gavone can be like not just eating. It can be to like different areas of life. Like they're just too much. They're too loud. Too they, they're eating too much. They're they're taking over conversations. They're consuming a lot. Motere Farm is like specifically for food, and it's like 
This person's eating. If you have shit out, they ate everything before I'm anybody scared. could eat that. I'm scared you know that I, mean? I, I. Hey, that's I'm a good one. Though. That's a fa- that. that's a fantastic one. I would stick with Morte de Femme. I think the literal translation of Morte de Femme is eating yourself to death. Literally, yeah, yeah. like I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's what that yeah. actually like. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just so. Sc- I'm like, I remember situations where I'm like, oh, this cheese is good, and then I go, oh. Fuck! I weigh more than my share of the cheese. <laughs> yeah, you're and a motte de femme. That's a motte de femme moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ah, yeah there's a fine line between motte de femme and gavon, but motte de femme is really just like you're qu- almost quiet about it. You know, gavon's loud. Motte de femme is like a ninja when they're eating. They just keep fucking consuming, and shit's just gone. Where you're like, like, where like, if, if I can, Berjut's gone. You guys tell me. I don't have any. Is Sebastian Maniscalco's bit kind of that his whole persona is that he's a big, lovable Gavon? Uh, I don't. Th- I don't see him as a Gavon. Like a Gavon's just like he's more like a Nicky Norker in a way, right? Yeah. 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 Gavon is such like a. I don't know. That's such a regional thing. I yeah, actually, I'll go ahead and say too much. I like. I see Maniscalco bits. I like him. Yeah. I like him. Oh, I got no yeah. comedy hipsterism about it. Dude, when he talks about having company over, oh, it's, you know what I mean? It's like the, it couldn't be more true that you always had like an Entenmann's box that you could not eat just in case company came that's over. That's that thing you stick up your butt, right? <laughs> and it was just like- <laughs> Entenmann's is the thing you stick up your butt when you can't shit to try to flush the shit out? Yes. Yes. And it's chocolate flavored. <laughs> That's right. Oh, That's right. Fudge covered yellow. All right, cake. we don't have to, Chris. I would. I'm just putting out. We. I was just trying to bookend with million dollar man and Italian American. Like it. what, what are some of the other? Uh, what are some of the ones that are real obscure that people who didn't grow up in Italian families don't even? I, know? You don't have to do obscure ones. There's funny ones. Like my favorite is like disgraziad. There's no better. <laughs> that's like. That's because you grew up in Bergen County. I know, like. but that's the funniest. Just calling someone, oh, it's all disgraziad. It's just like you're a disgrace. You're you're just you're horrible. There's just it's just it's it's a it it covers so much ground that you can always. I think a, a true testament to an Italian insult is that like when regular people that have no understanding of like Italian culture start using it yeah. as a word. That's a true compliment. That's to- what I was going to say. Like in my neighborhood, the two that we, that I don't think I even realized were Italian and not just like, aren't they just things people from Jersey say were Stunat and Skivats. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. It, not for sure. Those and I didn't grow up in like a super. I mean, I, I would say like more like Italian Catholic and Irish Catholic than not, yeah. but not so much that it's like I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't crawling with you people. Oh, those are two very good ones. If you want not obscure, but like a good thing, moms say is like "face brut." If if God forbid someone's going out See, with someone like- that's not good looking. It's fa- the face is shit. Like it's it's a bad face, ugly face. Oh, ooh, she's a little face <laughs> brut. You know, it just means ugly face. Just means like basically, yeah, like yeah, like yeah, yeah, oh basically, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's so an ugly if face. You brought someone home and your mom referred to them as a facie brute. Would you have to like stop dating them? Oh, they would. She would never. So that one's that one's really mean. They would, that is rough. No, it would just be like, oh, oh, yeah. Anthony found, finally found her. You're a little fragile, but you know, <laughs> like, she's a, it, it's like it's a, a nice cur- girl. It's almost like, yeah, it's like a turn of endearment in a weird way. Like, oh, what a sin. She's such a nice girl, but you know, it's like, she's nice. You know, a little fragile, brute. It was always like, 
under the breath. Ooh, she's a little crunchy. Yikes. Yeah. And you have to have like a kind of like sad expression when you say it, like you feel bad for her. Yeah. She's a little crunchy. Oh, you know. But sweet, sweetheart. Oh, she's a sweetheart. I still, I still want to figure out the best way to do an episode. Although it might just end the podcast. I've long wanted to do an episode exploring the relationship between Italian Catholics and Irish Catholics. But you could rip Jersey asunder if we start really analyzing that. But I feel like every Italian Catholic has an Irish Catholic best friend and vice versa. Yeah, but then they kind of hate, hate. The culture hate each other yeah. and each other personally. Some of people. us, though, some of us are both. Yes, my my, fi- my favorite Irish day go by right here. And some of us are neither and can't really tell the difference. No, I'm just a greasy Greek. What do I know? You know, it's a good mama Italian slang mudans. Oh, you can't uh, go out without your mudans. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. what? What's that? Like, like underwear, like right? long underwear, like yeah. warm underwear. Yeah. Or ungats, like, okay, you know, ungats. I got ungats. Yeah, ungats, ungats. Yeah. I mean, and Don, I remember... Shkivots is a good one, though. Long Shkivots before I ever introduced you to Mike, I asked you if you had heard of Gupalin and Gazlion, because those mm-hmm. were two that Mike introduced to our high school crew. Yeah, Gupalin was a, a standard in my in my neighborhood, yeah. Gazlion is my probably my favorite, if I had to pick one. We didn't re- ever said that growing up. What's what's a Gazlion? I remember the first time you were like, Mom said it to us, Mike D. Was like it, 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 I think like it basically means like you're going house to house like a gypsy. But like if you, if I would be, if I would be like, oh mom, I'm going out, I'm going out yes. to do this. And yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what do you, what do you go, Gazlione? Like you know, it meant like you were just like yes. My parents, okay, so my folks would say gas and like like a gas. They wouldn't say the full yeah, thing. Gazlione. They was like, oh, they're trancing and gassing, and I never really understood. That makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> okay. I could listen to YouTube bullshit about all this. Because it's so regional. It's so, you know what I mean? It's like you could be a couple towns away and just the the slang is just a little different. Don's pronunciation is so like eloquent though. It's like the (laughs) proper insult. It's the proper insult. That's right. Bergen County. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's Um, an area diversion. We're an hour and 15 in on this Gagoots. This was epic. I have to thank everybody for listening. Everybody who leaves a voicemail. I want to tell you, we are legitimately tapped out of voicemails. I've gone through all of them. And we still got some good ones we can use, but we need to fill the tank. So if you want to get on the show, 973-780-4660. Fill it up with whatever. Reactions to shit we've said. Reactions to episodes you put your out. Your favorite wrestlers. Your favorite Italian slang. Anything. Where you shit. Where you shit. Nuts. <laughs> we don't care thank you so much for supporting us and listening and i i hope you laughed half as much as we did six one eight seven seven eight it's nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero these listeners are good but they're a little face brute <laughs> thank you for listening to this presentation of new jersey is the world new jersey is the world is chris gethard nikki bonaduce Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. 
If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the world, where New Jersey is the world.